Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time for Justice Matters with former federal prosecutor and MSNBC analyst, Glenn Kirshner. The second E. Jean Carroll defamation trial has begun, and Donald Trump was in court this time. Glenn says this trial has some jury issues to contend with. So friends, the trial in the second defamation case that E. Jean Carroll brought against Donald Trump just kicked off in federal court in New York. Now, you will undoubtedly recall that E. Jean Carroll won the first trial she brought against Donald Trump to the tune of $5 million. That's how much the jury ordered Donald Trump to pay in damages to E. Jean Carroll. Now, this second case, she's already won that one as well on the merits. And the only thing for this second jury to decide is, again, how much in damages Donald Trump should be made to pay E. Jean Carroll. Now, friends, I want to talk about two specific aspects of this case, the second trial, and they both involve jury issues. And then we'll talk about what those two things tell us about who Donald Trump is and what Donald Trump is. But as always, let's start with the new reporting. This from CNN, headline, Trump's trial in E. Jean Carroll defamation case begins. And that article begins, Donald Trump is back in a New York courthouse this morning for his second E. Jean Carroll defamation trial, just one day after he won the Iowa caucuses. This week, the former president will split his time between the campaign trail and the courtroom as a jury decides how much money and damages Trump must pay Carroll for his 2019 defamatory statements about her sexual assault allegations. A judge already found Trump liable. In a separate trial last year, a jury found Trump sexually assaulted Carol and defamed her in 2022 statements. Judge Lewis Kaplan said that verdict will carry over to this defamation trial, so the trial will be limited to damages. So friends, what does that mean? That this trial, this second trial, will be limited to damages? Well, it means that because this case has already been tried to a jury and resolved by a jury with findings that Donald Trump did indeed sexually batter and defame E. Jean Carroll, the judge said those issues were decided already. And that jury finding applies to this second defamation case. So this jury doesn't have to decide whether Donald Trump did those things, he did. And an earlier jury concluded he did. This jury just needs to decide 
how much Trump should be made to pay because he defamed her several times over. Remember, friends, he defamed her, told the same lies about her after the first jury concluded he defamed her the first time. He told lies about her the first time. He walked out of court and virtually on the courthouse steps lied about her all over again. And in this trial, Judge Kaplan has already ordered that Donald Trump may not claim, he may not say that he didn't sexually batter her, that he didn't defame her, that he didn't lie about her. The judge has prohibited those claims, those statements, those arguments from being made to the jury. Let's go back to the reporting. Federal judge lays out court timeline for prospective jurors who will remain anonymous. Federal Judge Lewis Kaplan instructed potential jurors that the trial is expected to take three to five days and that the jury will remain anonymous. Friends, please put a pin in that. We're gonna come back to it. Prospective jurors, possible jurors in the case, filled several rows of the courtroom gallery Tuesday in addition to the jury box. More prospective jurors are watching a feed from the jury room downstairs should they be needed. No identifying information about the jurors will be made public, nor will it be shared with the court or the parties, Judge Kaplan told potential jurors. The jurors will also be transported to and from the courthouse from gathering points. The added measures are meant to protect the jury from any unwanted attention, harassment, or any invasion of privacy, Kaplan told the jury pool. These measures were also used in the first trial. And by Tuesday afternoon, a jury of nine had been selected, and that will be the jury that will decide how much in money damages Donald Trump should have to pay E. Jean Carroll. After the break, Glenn talks about the jury selection for the second Trump defamation case brought by E. Jean Carroll. This is Justice Matters. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. In the second defamation case that E. Jean Carroll brought against Donald Trump, Judge Kaplan asked some specific questions to prospective jurors. Glenn says he's also taking extra measures to see this jury is protected from Trump supporters. So friends, here's the first thing I want to talk about. This is the matter of substance. One of the questions that Judge Kaplan asked the jurors during jury selection is the following. Judge Kaplan asks if any prospective jurors would have a problem accepting the ruling 
that Trump did sexually assault Carol and that his, Trump's, statements about her were defamatory. No one, none of the jurors, says they can't accept those findings. Think about that, friends. During jury selection, the courtroom was full of potential jurors. The jury box was full of potential jurors as they worked their way through jury selection. And Judge Kaplan asked them, would anybody here have a tough time accepting, as a matter of fact, as a finding, as the truth about what happened, that Donald Trump sexually assaulted and defamed Miss Carroll? There was not a single juror in that courtroom or in that jury box who said, I have a hard time accepting that. I have a hard time believing that a former president of the United States would say and do those things. Boy, that's hard to believe. No, not a single juror said, I, I can't accept that. I can't believe that happened. To a person, they were obviously willing to accept that that's exactly what Donald Trump had done. Frankly, they were probably sitting there thinking to themselves, I would have been surprised if he hadn't done something like that. We know who Donald Trump is. We've known it for a very long time. What the hell does that say about not only who a certain segment of the population voted for the first time and the second time, but that this same person who is a matter of fact did these things, that same person is the front runner for the Republican nomination to be president again. What does that say about where we are right now as a nation, as a people? Let's turn to the second issue, and that is the safety issue. Because as we saw just a few minutes ago, the jury will be anonymous. No identifying information about the jurors will be made public, nor will it be shared with the court or the parties. They will be brought in from undisclosed gathering points to protect the jury from unwanted attention, harassment, or any invasion of privacy. Can I tell you something, friends? I tried a lot of cases in 30 years as a prosecutor, well over 100, and in only two, only two, did we have to impanel an anonymous jury? Did we have to take these extraordinary security measures? It was in a RICO trial, two RICO trials, against what I believe was the most dangerous criminal organization, criminal enterprise, criminal gang ever to operate in Washington, D.C. It turned out to be the largest RICO prosecution, I believe, in our nation's history. It was a criminal organization that had killed 30 people. And we had to impanel anonymous juries in those cases. The case was broken up into three separate RICO trials. I prosecuted RICO trial number two and RICO trial number three. Some friends and colleagues of mine prosecuted RICO trial 
number one, which turned out to be the longest trial of the three. But I had the responsibility of prosecuting RICO trials number two and number three with some terrific fellow prosecutors, some teammates. And in all three of the trials, we had anonymous jurors. We didn't know their names. The defense attorneys didn't know their names. We had the jurors bust in from an undisclosed location by the United States Marshal Service every day. They would be brought to the courthouse by the U.S. Marshals. They would be taken back to the undisclosed location and dropped off by the U.S. Marshals. We were in what was then the secure courtroom. That courtroom has since been disassembled in federal court in Washington, D.C., but it had bulletproof glass, essentially from floor nearly to the ceiling. And in federal court in D.C., we have some very high ceilings. And that bulletproof glass separated the audience, the public, from the well of the court, where the prosecutors, the defense attorneys, the defendants, the jurors, and the judge, the court reporter, and the judge's staff were. We were all on one side of the bulletproof glass, and the public was on the other side. Another security measure ordered by the judge in all three cases was that the defendants were required to wear stun belts under their suits because of the demonstrated danger, the deadly danger this criminal organization posed. It was an organization that killed its enemies, its rivals. It's an organization that killed witnesses against the, the gang, the enterprise. And it was an organization that killed its own members if they tried to leave the criminal crew. Why? Well, because then there was a risk that perhaps they would flip against the crew. Think about that, friends. Only two cases in my career where we had to institute these extraordinary security measures to protect the jurors. Believe it or not, a couple of the jurors still were gotten to during the trial, and they weren't hurt, but they were threatened, they were intimidated, and they had to be removed mid-trial, and alternates who had been there for the whole presentation, the whole trial up to that point, stepped in and became regular jurors instead of alternate jurors. Those extraordinary safety precautions are now being put in place because who is the defendant, the respondent in the case? Donald Trump, a former president of the United States, poses the kind of danger to jurors that Judge Kaplan in New York had to order similar extraordinary security measures to protect the jurors. Against whom? Against Donald Trump. And those who would respond to his every post and missive about his perceived enemies. Because with every post, every time Donald Trump names somebody in a post or a speech, the unspoken message <laughs> which comes through loud and clear and is received by any number of Donald Trump supporters is, get him, get him. And Judge Kaplan wanted to protect this jury against Donald Trump.
because allowing a jury to do what it needs to do, sitting as the conscience of the community, weighing evidence, reaching a decision, and ordering damages if appropriate, being able to do it safely and securely, like justice, matters. How did we get here, friends? How did we get here? We're headed in a better direction. We are. Hang in there. Please stay safe. Please stay tuned. And I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. For more on Glenn, go to Glenn Kirshner 2 on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. This is Justice Matters.